Morning. <laughs> How's everybody? Everybody good? Welcome to church. Welcome to church. North Star's a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and that was pretty good. Let's do it again. North Star's a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything is possible. Amen and amen. We welcome those that are first-time guests at both of our locations. We welcome those that are joining us online, and we just went live at our Saltillo campus. Make some noise for those guys over there. All right. We exist as a church so that those that are far from God will draw near to him through the power of Jesus Christ. How many knows that Jesus is in the transformation business? Amen? Amen. All right, I love this church. Uh, I love this church for many reasons. I love this church, number one, because Christ loves the church. And I learned, and I'm still learning, to love what Christ loves. But I love this church. I love the fact that we took 57 children to camp this past summer. 57. Yeah. Hello. 43 students went to camp. Uh, we've, we've been to several different countries this year. Uh, at, at least 35 people have been on mission with God overseas, and many more than that um, here. I love this church because this is a church planting church. We planted a church in our first three years, and we are now, they call it ascending church. We're ascending church for uh, cross-culture community church in New Orleans. And uh, we're taking two trips down there at least this fall, next month, by the way. I love the fact that they're launching next month. And I love the fact that we, North Star Church, are the sending church for that brand new church start. I love the fact that we baptize people. And we, I love the fact that we have 300 people plus <coughs> who served on serve day. All right. And uh, I love the fact that um, people are meeting Christ. I love the fact that, that you're inviting people to Christ and you're inviting people to church. I, I love the fact that, that God is at work and that he brings the momentum successive consecutive victories and that God brings that's spiritual momentum and uh, are you feeling me we have spiritual momentum going on here amen and so I'm glad to be a part of this church I love the series that we're in love your city life on mission and that's what we're living in your neighborhoods in the workroom in the waiting room in the classroom we're we're living life on mission Today, I'm going to be talking about, uh, it's, it's a very interesting subject. It, it's about how God has placed us strategically on earth at this season, at this time, to manage and to be good stewards of his creation. And so, we're going to read about that today. Uh, we're going to start in Psalm chapter 24. If you have your Bibles, be, be turning to Psalm chapter 24. I love this church because uh, this church is having some block parties coming up. And if you hadn't signed up for that, I hope that you will quickly, soon, like today. 
block parties, uh, and uh, I love this church because we're going to be feeding the city, not the entire city, but that's what it's called, and you'll, you'll have an opportunity today when you leave to get a, a grocery list and a shopping bag, and you can bring that back on the day designated and uh, full of food, and we're excited about that. And we're excited about all kinds of things. I'm excited to preach today. Amen? Now, uh, if you have your Bibles, please turn to Psalm chapter 24. I'm going to read one verse to begin with. Psalm chapter 24. I believe if we will get this right, it can make a difference in eternity. But I believe if we get this wrong, there will be a great disconnect in our relationship with Christ. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's. Who does the earth belong to? It, the Lord. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Uh, we live in a, in a day, especially today, I think more so than probably ever, that we have so many self-made men and women and we think that somehow, because we work hard or we're smart enough, that we actually have done something. Now, I believe work is, work is uh, biblical. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. That's right. So if you don't work, you don't eat. But God, it, the disconnect comes when we think that we have done something and that we are to, to be praised and we are to have the glory. Listen, you can't even, the earth is the Lord's. Everything in it, even the air, he's letting you breathe it. You wouldn't last five minutes without air. So God has loaned us, he's given us the air, he's made it possible. And so what I want to talk about today is how, how that we are to be good stewards. And I'm going to be talking today about giving and about tithing. Now, some preachers get all nervous uh, when they have to talk about uh, tithing. Uh, a lot of churches don't even talk about tithing anymore. That's one thing that we do at North Star. Uh, we, we talk about things that are in the Bible. And tithing is in the Bible. Tithing is giving 10%. But it's not just about money. Uh, it, the, the principle is greater than that. It is coming to the realization that, that the earth belongs to the Lord, even the air that we breathe. Here's, here's what I know. Tithing is about worship and who's first in your life. Tithing is about worship and who is first in your life. So ask yourself the question today, who's first in my life? Uh, you can tell a lot about somebody by looking at the register in their checkbook. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm going to be talking about that today and, and talking about the subject that God owns everything. Now, there's a, a several passages that I'm going to be reading. The first one is in Genesis chapter 4. So, if you still have your Bibles open, it's the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 4. This is a story about uh, Cain and Abel. The Bible says that Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. 
Later, she gave birth to his brother, Abel. Now, Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, now, underline that or just, just take special note about that. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord in the course of time. But then the Bible says, and Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain, his offering did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, you will not be accepted. But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now, the first thing I want you to write in your notes is that God owns everything. Uh, it's, it's not, this is how much I have, and this is how much God has. God owns the world. God owns everything. So here's the story of Cain and Abel. What did Abel do? The, Abel's, the Bible says that Abel brought uh, a gift to the Lord of his firstborn. Uh, he brought his best gift. And when we're talking about tithing, we all, sometimes we, we get confused that, that some of it belongs to me and some of it belongs to the Lord. No, God owns everything. When we, when we tithe, we, that's 10%, and that is 10% of gross, by the way. And so when we tithe, we're bringing that to the Lord. We're not really giving. You're not giving your tithe. You're bringing your tithe. It already, it already uh, belongs to the Lord. And so what, what God was trying to get through to, to Cain was that the order needed to be restored. He had his priorities out of whack. Now, for some of you listening to this, That needs to happen. The order needs to be uh, restored. Uh, the, the order of priorities in your life. It's interesting that, that God was saying to, to Cain, uh, he was saying, now you're bringing me like leftovers. You're bringing me like second best. Your brother, he's bringing the firstborn. He's bringing the best fruit. But you're, you're bringing... Oh, Oh, and it was in the course of time. It was not like immediately. And so what God was saying to Cain was, Cain, look, you're bringing to me leftovers, and you're expecting me to receive it as your best. You're expecting me to receive it as, as the, the, the first fruits. And so that's the way we are with God, and the, the order needs to be restored. That's the way we are with God when we just tip God rather than go by the biblical principle of tithing. Now, it's interesting because sometimes people say, well, tithing is, is like Old Testament. I, I'm, I'm into the New Testament. Uh, I, I've often said it like this. Uh, Abraham uh, commenced it. These all start with the C, by the way. Abraham commenced it. Jacob continued it. Moses commanded it. Jesus commended it. And who am I to cancel it? That's pretty good, isn't it? You don't, you don't think I can do it again. Uh, Abraham commenced it, Jacob continued it, 
Moses commanded it. Jesus, in the New Testament, commended it. Who am I to cancel it? But guess what? Tithing even started before Abraham commenced it. This is a, a beautiful picture right here in, in Genesis chapter 4 of how, how Abel brought his first fruits to the Lord. Now, uh, God was saying to Cain, Cain, uh, what's up with this? Because you're bringing curse on yourself. You're not bringing the blessings of God on yourself when you don't put me first, when you don't prioritize, when you don't bring me the tithe. And he said to, he said to Cain, he said, Cain, uh, you've, got, you've got your priorities out of whack. You've got them out of order. And guess what, Cain? Sin is crouching at your door. Sin is knocking on your door. And you're about to let it in. You're about to let it happen. So uh, God was trying to tell Cain, Cain, put me first in your life. Give what you're supposed to give to me. Um, I, I love to tithe because I've been tithing. I've been married for 34 years. And I was tithing before I got married. But Marla and I, as a couple, we have tithed for 34 years. It's a priority to, to us. Now, I want to show you a passage in Genesis chapter 14. If you still have your Bibles open, look at um, a few pages over. Look at chapter 14. This is the story of, of, of Abram, uh, Abraham, that when he commenced tithing, when he began tithing. The Bible says, uh, then Melchizedek, by the way, Melchizedek is an Old Testament type or shadow or uh, picture of the coming Christ. Melchizedek was the high priest. He is, this was an Old Testament foreshadowing of Jesus, our high priest. Now, then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high, and he blessed Abram. Now, there's underline the word blessed because this, this is the key um, of what God was communicating. Blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and praise be to God most high who delivered your enemies into your hand. Listen to this. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Abram gave him a tenth of everything. So this is where this is where he started. This is where he was. Uh, he this is where he began tithing. So he gave a tenth to the Lord. Tithing is about. I said this earlier, but tithing is about worship and who you're putting first in life. Tithing is about giving back to God. And so here, Abraham commenced tithing. Tithing is an act of worship. Write that in your notes. Tithing is an act of worship. When you tithe, you are worshiping God. You see, uh, I tithe because uh, I, I, want, I want to be obedient to God. Some people say, well, don't you believe that, that God will bless you if you tithe? Yes, I believe that God will bless you if you're, if you're obedient. 
I, yes, I believe, and, the, and there's a biblical mandate or, or example of that found in Malachi chapter 3. Turn, turn to Malachi chapter 3. Because in Malachi chapter 3, the language gets a little strong here. God says in Malachi chapter 3, Will a mere mortal rob God yet? You have robbed me. They said, well, how, God, how have we robbed you? How are we robbing you? And he says, in tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Now, the storehouse, that's an Old Testament uh, picture of, of the church. The church is the body, but the, the, the body of Christ. But he is saying, bring your tithe to church. Bring your tithe to the storehouse that there may be food in my house. How would we ever send uh, 57 children to camp? How would we ever have weekend experiences like we have? How would we ever have pastoral staff that we have? How would we ever send students to camp? How would we ever be a sending church? How would we ever have a serve day where we served uh, at 30 plus points, 300 plus people, if people didn't bring the tithe to the storehouse. Can I just get an amen today? I, I'm preaching some stuff here now. I, I will amen myself if I have to. Uh, th this is good stuff. He says, bring your tithe to the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Now, then he says, test me. It's the only command in the Bible that God says, all right, I, I want you to test me with this. Try me. The King James Version says, try me, says the, the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of hell. I like the idea of God throwing open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. He says, I will pre prevent pests from devouring your crops and vines in the fields, will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations, listen to this, then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Now he says, uh, you're, you're robbing me. And then he says, test me. Let me tell you what tithing will do. Tithing will help you keep your heart right. Tithing will help you keep your heart right. Uh, tithing, I think I said this last week, tithing triggers trust. It says, tithing says, I may not see how this is going to work out, but I'm putting it in your hands because you said to do it. Tithing says to God, when we tithe, tithing says, uh, it, it is us saying to God, God, I trust you with this. You got this. And tithing is, that's not the only way that, it, it, that we exhibit our trust in God, but it's one way. Tithing helps keep your heart right. And so Jesus said in, in Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, he says uh, in verse 19, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust uh, will destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Uh, Jesus was not saying, you can't have stuff. 
That's good. Because <laughs> we all got stuff, right? But Jesus was not saying, you can't have stuff. He says, don't, don't let the stuff have you. Often, we get this verse backwards sometimes. Sometimes we say, wherever the heart is, the treasure will follow. But that's not what Scripture says. If you'll think about it, wherever your heart is, then you'll put the money there. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, where you, where you got your money is where your heart's going to be. And he says, don't, don't lay up, don't hoard laying up treasures on earth. Let me ask you, uh, how is your portfolio? So let's know your business. Um, I have a follow-up to that. Many of you have a, a, a portfolio. Many of you have a financial uh, savings, and, and, and that's good. I think that's, that's, I think that's really good. But here's, the, here's my question. How is your heavenly portfolio? At the end of the chapter, um, Matthew chapter 6, he says, but seek first. First of all, he says, don't, don't lay up treasures on earth. Doesn't mean you can't have stuff. Just don't let stuff have you. And then he says, seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. You see what tithing does. When I tithe, it takes the, the focus off of me and puts it onto God. Now, he's talking about blessing. I, I, I've got so much to say, but I've I, I got to say this. Um, when, when he talks about lay not up treasures on earth where moth and rust will destroy it and thieves will break in, I, I don't know if it's the older I get. I wish I, I, wish I had learned this lesson many years ago. And Matthew 6.33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I wish I had learned the principle of tithing. And I, I was tithing, but the principle of stuff a long time ago. Let me, let, let me illustrate. How many have ever wasted money? You know, you know what I'm saying? You ever, has, have there ever been seasons in your life that you've wasted money? You bought things that you didn't need? The older I get, the less, I'm not saying I'm still not dealing with this, but the, the more, it's not the older I get, I think it's the more mature that I get in Christ, the less stuff appeals to me. Now, my, my wife was at the first service, but, um, I, I just don't need stuff. And now, now I, I will get a new iPhone every time it comes out, just about. But my wife bought, bought something for me. I'm not going to tell you what it was because it'll really make me look like a, a heel and a jerk. And she didn't amen that this morning, by the way. But she bought me something, and I've got such a wonderful wife, and I know I'm a bad husband. But uh, she gave it to me, I think, for Father's Day. And it's not that I didn't want it. It's not that I didn't appreciate it. I just didn't need it, what she gave me. And I could, just, I could have just, like, not said anything, and, and uh, probably that's what I should have done. I, I could have not done anything or said anything, but I said, I, I, appreciate, I, I appreciate it so much. 
but I just don't need that. She spent a lot of money on it. And I'm thinking, I am such a bad husband. But you know what I did, husbands? This might help redeem me. Um, I gave it to her. She took it back, kept the money, and bought a dress. I'm not totally bad. But stuff, we have so much stuff. We have, we have storage buildings with our stuff in it because we, we, we don't fit it into our house. We have clothes that are running out of our closet. And tithing helps me to get my focus on God. Now, back to, real quick, back to Cain and Abel. Are y'all following me? You tracking with me? All right. Cain and Abel, um, Abel brought the first fruits. God blessed him. Abel, in the course of time, brought an offering, not the offering, which uh, brought on the curse. And so he says in Malachi, he said, you're, you're robbing me. There's a curse on you. How many know it's better to live under God's blessing than under a curse? This is what I know about tithing. A cursed 100% will not go as far as a blessed 90%. When I give my, when I bring my 10% to the Lord, uh, I'm going to be more blessed than it, rather than the curse of keeping 100%. So, well, I just can't afford to tithe. You just don't know my situation. Uh, church is always talking about money, about twice, maybe just once this year, have I even talked about uh, a, a whole sermon on, on tithing. So that's all the, the church just wants our money. Let, let me tell you something. Uh, God, Psalm 24 verse 1, God owns everything. God doesn't need your money. <laughs> God doesn't need your money. Uh, I, I've always been very reluctant to even say the church needs your money other than to say, bring your, your tithes into the storehouse. God doesn't need your money. God wants your heart. He doesn't need your money. A cursed 100% will not go as far as a blessed uh, 90%. Now, I've taught sometimes that, that uh, we should talk more about uh, saving, and, and when, when my wife and I finally... We've been doing this for many years now. Realize the importance of saving. I think that there are biblical principles there. Jesus says, count the cost. I think it's, it's, it's okay to save, all right? But if we'll give God his 10%, put another 10% back, uh, and live on 80%, I think we'll be blessed beyond measure. Now, in Malachi, he says, test me and try me. And so my challenge for you today is if you're not tithing, that's, that takes your focus off you and puts it on God. It triggers trust. It says, God, I'm trusting you with this. I know you've got it. I can't figure it out, but I'm trusting you with this. Uh, and when you, when you give to God what is his, he will bless you. There's a passage in the, the book of Luke. If you have your Bibles, 
Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. I'm going to read several, but let me just read verse 9. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed with into eternal dwellings. Uh, tithing. Giving to the Lord. He said, but pastor, I, I, I want to, I have to watch it because I really want to, to um, leave a good inheritance uh, for my children. I told my, my, my kids, um, we're spending every dime of it. You own your own. Not really. I'd say, but Pastor, I, I really want to leave a good a legacy and a good uh, inheritance for my children. I, I, I want to do the same thing. But the question is not, um, are you leaving them a lot of money? The truth is, what, and write this down, what we deposit into our children is more important than what we deposit for our children. Did you get that? What are you pouring into your children? What you deposit into, what you speak life into, what you give spiritually into your children is far more important than leaving any inheritance. Now verse 11, uh, verse 10 and 11. He says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And uh, whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you uh, with true riches? Who will trust you? So he says, be faithful. Get the focus off yourself. Be faithful to God. Give to him what is his and make a difference in eternity. Verse 12. And if you haven't been trustworthy with someone else's property, he will give you a, a property of your own. And then he says in verse 13, no one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. He says, you cannot serve both God and money. You can't serve both God and and money. So how is your heavenly portfolio? How's your heavenly portfolio? Now, I want to, real quickly, uh, I want to give you, I want to paint a picture. And, and as I paint the picture, I want to paint a picture of what biblical giving looks like. And, and again, he says, trust me, try me, and see if I will not... Uh, Open up the, the windows of heaven, the floodgates of heaven, and pour out a blessing on you. That will, so you're, you give to be blessed. No, I give to be obedient. And I give out of my love for God. But yes, guess what? He will bless you. So, well, I've always no, known that I needed to tithe. I, I guess it's time to start. Yet, stop t tipping God. So, uh, you know, we, we put 20 in the bucket. Or in the plate, we feel good. After all, uh, you know, we have given something. But if you've not tithed, you've not 
given what you should. Four um, things of, that biblical giving looks like. Number one, we give with passion. We give with passion. It's a, I have a passion to give to the Lord. I have a passion to, um, to be obedient. I love, uh, I love to give uh, my tithe. Uh, we personally, uh, I, 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 we have many different ways you can give at North Star. You can give at the kiosk, which is awesome. You can text to give, which is incredible. Uh, you can go online. I do all of those. But let me tell you, my favorite is when, I, when I'm writing out the check. Well, when Marla's writing out the check. When we first got married, we had a budget. Uh, we made a lot of crazy decisions, and we've not always been on the right track. But one thing that we always did was we tied. Now, I'll tell you later if you want to, if you want to know. I'm just not going to say it from the stage. I wasn't making, when we got married, we didn't even register on the poverty scale. We were off the chart. But guess what? We tithe. It's the first thing that we do. It's the first thing that we do. We, we still have a budget. And um, in our online checkbook, when each, each uh, month, when we set up our uh, spending for the month, the first thing that's written down is tithe. Because it takes the focus off of me. And I think the more that I tithe, the more that I, I've been faithful with that and giving above my tithe, like giving to faith commitment giving, which I, I meant to say this at the very beginning. Faith commitment giving, there are 34 uh, mission ministry points to the pie, if you've seen the chart. And by giving above your tithe, like you do, to faith commitment giving, uh, when we set the budget, we've only been doing this for one year, uh, this year, when we set the budget of how much it's going to require to meet the needs of faith commitment giving, we, we set up a budget for the entire year. Guess what? Because of your faithful giving to faith commitment giving, we reach the year-long budget of income by the end of August. Okay, y'all didn't get that. This is what... This is what we need, and we got it at the end of the eighth month. Okay, you still not get it. This is how much we needed for an entire year. We got it at the end of August. Okay. I think that's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. We give with passion. Like October is five Sunday month. Uh, that means I, we got to cut a, a tithe check five times this month. We give with passion. Number two, we give with priority. We give from priority. What's most important to you? Jesus said in Matthew 6, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What's priority for you? If, if you had a sick child, 
and they told you it's going to take 10% of your gross income to make that child better. There is not a, a parent listening to my voice who would not do whatever is needed to take that 10% for your sick child. If your child were lost, you would do everything, you would leverage everything at your control to find that lost child. Because your child is priority. Well, God says, God says, I've got, there are people in the world that I created that don't know me, that have not heard of me, that have not followed me. There are people all across the world who are sin sick. And God says, would you give to me that 10%? And let's reach those sin sick lost people. Give with priority. Number three, give with purpose. Give with purpose. Give with purpose. I could, uh, I could show a video and of, of a hurricane disaster or starving people, and you would weep and you would give. There are many things that you could give to. Literally, we we give to many different things. Uh, not a lot, but. We, we give to Samaritan's Purse, which is Operation Christmas Child. We give to Compassion International. We give to Natal Children's Village. We give with purpose. And so as I give to the Lord, I, I give knowing that lives are going to be changed. And I give knowing that a guy that I shared Christ with that I've, I've, I see him coming to Christ and I see families healed and lives being changed. I give with purpose. And then finally, I give by planning. I give by planning. Planning. That's why Marla and I, we plan on giving. That's why Marla and I, we plan. We, we talk about it. We discuss it. The tithe is the Lord's, but we give above that by planning Paul was I'm not going to read this scripture but Paul was writing to the church at Corinth and he, he had a heart for the church at Jerusalem he wanted to see them come to Christ he wanted to see the people come to Christ and so he wrote to them about giving and, and about their, them planning their giving and putting their focus on things that matter in eternity I'm telling you when you give to the Lord, He takes that gift and He blesses you and He blesses that gift to make a difference in people's lives. Isn't that good stuff? You ever had such a good time at church when the preacher was talking about giving? It takes our focus off of us. I might have been a bad husband, but that gift that Marla gave me, I didn't need it. Do you ever clean out the closet and fill garbage bags full of clothes? I, I, I've done that. But you know what? My goal is not to fill the closet back up with new stuff. Now, we got to have clothes, right? 
But every time that I clean out my closet, I'm making a commitment before God that I'm going I'm to have less in there this time next year. God wants us to put him first and not ourselves. And all God's people said, and amen. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the, the word of God. and Thank you that you teach us so clearly the principle of the tithe. And God, help me to be, personally help me, God, to be not only faithful with my tithe, but, but my giving. Help me to give with passion, with priority, with purpose. Maybe you realize today for the very first time that you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ. And I want to give you an opportunity right now just to say yes to Jesus. You can say these words, but it's nothing mystical or magical about repeating words. This is a prayer that needs to be prayed from your heart to God. And you can say it like this, God, today, I put my trust in you. I'm a sinner who needs a Savior. And I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins, and he rose again on the third day. And today, I repent. I turn from my sins, and I turn to you, Lord Jesus. Come into my life. I put my trust in you, and I follow you today. Maybe your prayer today is, Lord, help me to be faithful. Help me, to, help me to, to give and to serve and to pray and to get into your word. And even though I have stuff, God, help me never to let that stuff have me. I want to pray for everybody, both campuses. Would you please stand with me? I don't know what decision that you made today, maybe to trust Christ or baptism Sunday is next week. Maybe you need to follow in believer's baptism. That means baptism after you got saved. Maybe it's God has spoken to your heart about an area of your life that you need to recommit to him or to give to him. So Heavenly Father, today I pray for every person listening. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would take these closing moments of worship and be glorified, be uplifted. Help us, God, to, to always put our attention, our focus on you. Thank you for, for Christ dying for us, conquering us, us sin on the cross and conquering death in his resurrection. Oh God, thank you for this day. Thank you for not giving up on us. We love you and we're so thankful for your love for us. In Jesus' name.